When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating whether or not Richard Dawkins' tweet last month was transphobic and we are starting right now with Tom Jump's opening statement as Tom is taking the negative position. Tom, the floor is all yours. Thanks, James, and thanks, Arden, for participating in this debate. I appreciate the conversation. So uh, I think one of the big problems of the woke SJW feminist ideology is that they don't differentiate between rational criticism and hate. Calling anyone who criticizes their position a racist, transphobe, sexist, misogynist, etc. And these morally charged terms are essentially calling someone evil or immoral. And they're essentially saying something is wrong with the person's character, which is why they get deplatformed or lose awards or get fired, etc. And I think it's wrong to call someone evil or immoral or transphobic, racist, sexist, whatever, just because they disagree with you. It doesn't matter if they're factually right or wrong. Just being wrong about facts doesn't make you transphobic or racist or sexist. And I think Dawkins' tweet is a perfect example of this. Dawkins' tweet isn't even about trans people. It's about the hypocrisy of the woke community who vilify others for not accepting their preferred identities while at the same time not accepting someone else's preferred identity. The tweet uh, that Dawkins posted says, in 2015, Rachel Dolezal, a white chapter president of the NAACP, was vilified for identifying as black. Some men choose to identify as women and some women choose to identify as men. You will be vilified if you deny that you are. they literally are what they identify as. There's nothing in this tweet which demeans or implies anything negative about trans people. The tweet doesn't imply that either race or sexual identities are valid or invalid. The subject of the tweet is the vilification, which is why he used the word twice to make the comparison. The tweet is pointing out the hypocrisy in the woke community, that trans people have an identity and you'll be vilified if you deny it. Dolezal has an identity, and the ones vilifying you are denying her identity, hence the hypocrisy. The ones being targeted by Dr. Sweet are not the trans people, but the ones doing the hypocritical vilifying, the woke community. This treat would equally apply to the other gender identities as well, like gender neutral, nonconforming, intergender, bigender, gender expansive, gender fluid, gender queer, masculine of center, non binary, omnigender, polygender, and pangender, and cisgender, masculine and feminine. There are many straight people who identify whose identity matches their sex, who will also vilify you if you misgender them or someone else, while at the same time not respecting Dolezal's identity. The vast majority of people who adopt the gender identities and criticize others for not accepting them are not trans people, it's the feminist ideology. And the rational interpretation of Dawkins' tweet would be that it would also apply to them because the subject is the hypocrisy, not the trans people. So calling Dawkins' tweet transphobic doesn't make sense because it's not even about trans people. Uh, so if the tweet's not even about trans people, why are so many people calling it transphobic, ironically vilifying him exactly as his tweet implies? Well, there's two main arguments that I've come across. The first is that they be 
because the woke community thinks race is not a valid identity and see Dolezal as being a liar or a bad character, they're making a comparison to her and trans people implying that trans people are just as invalid or bad as Dolezal, which it doesn't do. The tweet, that's a hasty generalization fallacy. You breathe, Nazis breathe, you're a Nazi. The comparison that Dawkins is making is not about the character of Dolezal or the character of trans people. It's about the identity and what qualifies as a legitimate identity versus non-legitimate identity. The character of the people involved is irrelevant. He just uses Dolezal because she's the most common example, the most obvious example of someone who has an identity which the woke community rejects. Her, her character is not involved at all with the argument. So uh, th there are trans people who have lied uh, and claimed they were born of a different sex. Does that invalidate their identity? Well, no. So in the same case, the fact that Dolezal may have a bad character, that doesn't really make a difference to the argument because her character and the validity of her claim to identity are completely separate topics. It's a, so the woke community are just applying their own hasty generalization and ad hominem to Dawkins' tweet, which he never said, and then blaming Dawkins for their own fallacy. Uh, second, the second major criticism is that the real transphobes might weaponize this tweet and apply it against trans people. So actual transphobes will apply the exact same hasty generalization and ad hominem and say that, oh, trans people are just as bad as Dolezal and they're liars. And then because they apply a fallacy to Dawkins' tweet, Dawkins is then held accountable for their fallacy. Uh, I, don't, I don't see how this is rational. It, if it could understand if Dawkins said something comparable to Trump advocating for like rioting or something, which is pretty easily interpreted to be violence. But Dawkins' tweet isn't comparable in that sense. This is an extremely mundane tweet and expecting someone to moderate their words into some kind of formal argument to prevent any kind of misrepresentation like a politician is kind of ridiculous, especially since this isn't Dawkins' original argument. It comes from feminist academics, the Rebecca Tuvel, who published a paper in 2017 in defense of uh, transracialism in the Hypatia, a journal of feminist philosophy. She uses the exact same argument. So the point here is that it doesn't seem like anything Dawkins said was transphobic. He was just bringing up a criticism of the woke community's hypocrisy and is then labeled as transphobic because someone, because the trans, the woke community and the far right community could both apply a hasty generalization fallacy to his words and misrepresent it in such a way that it could be transphobic. And I think that's a mistake. And I'll conclude there. You bet. Thank you very much, Tom, for that opening statement. We are going to kick it over to Arden. Want to say, folks, if you're new to Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. And we hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. Christian, atheist, gay, straight, trans, everybody, we hope you feel welcome. And so with that, we're going to kick it over to Arden. Thanks for being here. The floor is all yours, Arden. Awesome. So thanks to James for having me, and thanks, Tom, for showing up. Uh, so we're discussing tonight whether or not Dawkins tweets and generally his behavior on Twitter recently has been transphobic. I think it's incredibly important to be clear when I say someone or something is transphobic, I'm referring to the definition found in the Oxford English Dictionary, Merriam-Webster, as well as the one that's used by, uh, I think, the general public, uh, which is an irrational hatred, prejudice, or aversion to trans people. More often than not, when I use transphobia, I'm addressing not the summation of someone's character, but rather a quality of someone's actions. So firstly, in regard to the tweet, 
uh, in the case of Dawkins, his comparison of Dolezal, a woman who felt that she identified more strongly with Black culture and subsequently lied about her family members and gaining uh, employment benefits is vastly different than what a trans person experiences. There's a wealth of evidence supporting the existence of trans identities and confirming that, like with homosexuality, this is a aspect of their character that is fixed and immutable and cannot be changed. No such evidence exists to support the existence of transracial identities. Furthermore, Dawkins categorizing trans people as men who choose to identify as women and women who choose to identify as men is an inaccurate characterization and contributes to the longstanding historical stigmatization of trans identities. Trans people can no more choose to be who they are than Tom or James here choose to be men or chose to be cis. Lastly, more recently, Dawkins posted an article which cited late onset gender dysphoria. While there are subtle differences there, this is undoubtedly a reference to Lisa, the Lisa Littman study on rapid onset gender dysphoria, a study that was so terrible that it was retracted from the journal that released it and revised, and they subsequently made a public apology denouncing it. Uh, the study wasn't even on trans children, but instead was developed based on the parents' perception of their child and parents were polled. Uh, the parents polled were sampled from online forums like Transgender Trend. Uh, Dawkins has a platform solely based on his work as a scientist. He is an international celebrity of sorts, and because of this, he has developed a following on social media founded on him being a skeptic and a trustworthy conveyor of scientific information. One has to ask why Dawkins isn't applying that same skepticism to the topic of trans rights. Whether or not Dawkins is a celebrity, these ideas would still be transphobic. Uh, but I'm willing to come here and argue this case today because I believe he has a far greater responsibility than your neighbor to convey this information accurately. I personally would even go so far as to say that the continued pattern of behavior demonstrates that Dawkins himself holds prejudiced beliefs about trans people and therefore uh, is a transphobic person. Uh, I suspect the nexus of this conversation is going to be centered around uh, my interlocutor using definitions of transphobia uh, that are not the one that I'm arguing for in the affirmative and aren't sufficient to address the root of the problem being the societal and uh, personal prejudice and would also therefore be disagreeing with the common use of the word transphobia. Uh, given Dawkins' prominence in the sciences, he would most likely if he wanted to be able to talk to one of the countless researchers who've been a part of developing the internationally recognized best medical practices, uh, being that gender affirming care is the best mode of treatment for trans people. But instead, rather than actually discuss, he simply doubles, triples, and quadruples down while issuing non-apologies for how his takes could contribute to societal stigma. So in conclusion, I wanna make it clear to the audience that doing something transphobic even being a transphobe is not mutually exclusive with success and doing good in another field. Doing something transphobic and being a transphobe is also not a branding that marks you as evil or a pariah or heretic for as long as you live. However, continually spreading misinformation when you are a respected intellectual figure and continually doubling down on that misinformation when it's corrected with science has the potential to embolden otherwise neutral people and legislators that seek to discriminate against us. Especially at a time when multiple states in the US are seeking to categorize gender affirming care for minors as child abuse. Uh, and again, that is a internationally recognized best medical practice. And at a time when the UK just did something similar at the end of last year, I think spreading this misinformation is a truly terrible thing. One could say equivalent to spreading anti-vax conspiracy theories based on a few debunked studies amidst a global pandemic. 
All I want from Dawkins is an acknowledgement of the mistake and a stated commitment to challenging his biases going forward. Uh, I don't want him to get on his knees and wash the feet of trans people to atone for his sins or anything of that sort. Uh, and that is all I have to say. You got it. Thank you very much, Arden, for your opening as well. We're going to kick into the open conversation, folks, and we'll have Q&A at the end. But I want to let you know our guests are linked in the description. So if you hear and you're like, wow, I want to hear more, you can hear more by clicking on their links in the description. And with that, we'll kick it over into open discussion. If it gets rowdy, I'll basically switch it into three-minute intervals. But I don't anticipate that being the case Thanks so much, both Tom and Arden. The floor is all yours. Uh, cool. So, Arden, I wanted to start by asking what your definition of transphobic was again. Could you read that slowly for me so I can type it out? Yeah, sure. Uh, that would be an irrational uh, hatred, prejudice, or aversion to transgender people. Uh, and you mentioned that you thought this would be like a focal point in the debate, mis misusing the definition in some way. Like, to me, it seems like all of these are character attacks. Like there's something about the person's character, which is relevant here. Sure, Tom, have you ever done anything that hurts someone's feelings in your life? Something sure. that could be considered wrong? Sure. And do you think that that made you a bad person, that that marked your character for like all of your life? No. Right. So in my perception, being transphobic is prejudice. And the tweets that Dawkins put out uh, involve prejudice against transgender people. And while that is wrong, that doesn't attack his character. That simply means he did a bad thing. I think he has continually done this for long enough that I think he probably holds some deeply rooted prejudice about trans people. However, I don't think that means that he is a unsavable, uh, just heretical person. Uh, I think he's just fallen for some misinformation and he is continually spreading it is that the same as prejudice like i'm not because me doing a mean thing to somebody and hurting their feelings doesn't mean i'm prejudiced or hateful no. or averse to them i don't nope. i'm not seeing how that any of those would fit in claiming that men choose to be choose to identify as women and women choose to identify as men that is a prejudice uh, well, I understand the word identify to mean like establish or indicate what or who something is. So like if someone tells me uh, I identify that's as not a woman, the That's not the word that I'm taking issue with. Choose. What? Choose to identify is what I'm taking issue with. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, the word identify, like if someone tells me I identify as a woman, my, my only like knowledge of that is from their say so. So if they didn't tell me that, if they just didn't choose to give me that information, then I would never know. So they chose to tell me this. They they chose right, to but choosing to give someone information is different from choosing an identity. It, it, now if you want to read into Dawkins' mind and say that maybe he missed he didn't convey what he was actually thinking properly, that could be a separate discussion. I'm going on what he said. Choose to identify. What basically my understanding of beliefs is obviously we don't choose any of our beliefs. They're determined in our brain, but we say, I choose to believe in X. Obviously that's factually false. I don't choose to believe the world isn't flat, but colloquially when we say certain psychological features, we're saying we choose that. I choose to be an atheist. I choose to be a not Republican. Uh, I mean, so, sorry, go on. So, so my, my concern here is that like, that's just not, a not applying the principle of charity to that sentence because that sentence isn't like implying that somehow 
trans identity isn't real. Like we choose lots of things. That doesn't mean our choices aren't real just because we chose them. Right. But okay. So in the case of belief with atheism or flat earth, whatever, I would agree that you don't choose that in that sometimes colloquially we use the term, like I choose to be a Christian or something along those lines. In the case of trans identities, it's specifically a, a phrase that is used by anti-trans, whatever you want to call them, bigots, prejudiced people, people who are advocating against trans identities to invalidate their identity, to suggest that they aren't actually who they are. They are just choosing to identify. Like, I identify as an attack helicopter. I choose to identify. Well, sure, sure. I grant that there are definitely mean transphobic people who do that, but that doesn't mean that Dawkins himself is transphobic because he also uses choose, because as you mentioned, there are colloquial contexts where we use choose and it doesn't mean a subjective negation or any kind of demeaning of the thing you're choosing. That's not, I don't, when I read those terms, that doesn't seem to be in any way what he's trying to imply. He's just describing with the words that he knows. Is, uh, go is it possible that you as a cis person who haven't had to deal with uh, transphobic legislation, it's probably not popping up on your feed quite as much as it is for trans people that maybe you aren't as fine tuned into some of these, what we might call in like pop culture dog whistles. Yes, which is exactly why I would probably say something similar to Dawkins was and not in any way mean it to be transphobic. Right. Okay. So this is my thing. If, and this is what I tried to say at the end of my statement. If Dawkins did not actually mean that trans people choose to identify in the way that is used by bigots, and I realized that he said he denounces people using his words that way, but to me, that's not a sufficient apology. To me, what would be a sufficient apology is I did not mean for it to come across as though trans people have a choice in who they are. That was a, like a, I just misspoke. If Dawkins did that, I would say he's not a transphobe, that he cleared it up for me and I'm good, I'll go home. But Dawkins I'll, hasn't done that. Sure, I'm, I'm happy. I think if you clarified that's what you were looking for, he, you would probably say that quite but, readily because I didn't understand that to be any of the criticism that was given against him. Sure, uh, that's fair. Yeah. If I, I, But the thing is, Dawkins has been tweeting stuff like this for, I mean, I'm not gonna put a timestamp on it. I don't know how long. This is probably the fourth or fifth time he's tweeted something like this. I, amongst with many of my trans friends who are in the skeptic movement, who initially tried to approach him with saying, hey, look, I realize you might not have meant it this way, but this is actually not a great way to say these things. If you could clarify, that would be great. And I realized Dawkins is a popular dude. He doesn't always maybe necessarily have the time to respond to every little Twitter account that responds under his tweets. That's fine. But the problem is he's never addressed those criticisms. Instead, he doubles down, he posts more uh, bad research, like the late onset gender dysphoria research, retweeting uh, people like, or not retweeting, but tweeting about uh, people like Deborah So, who've been spreading some pretty bad information about trans people. Like he's not gone so far as to clarify any of these things. So like, if you have insight into Dawkins' mind that I don't, then please inform me of your psychic abilities. But as far as I know, I'm just interpreting what he has actually said. Oh, well, that's the, the part I'm disputing because what he's actually said is nothing transphobic as far as I can tell. Like, as you just agreed, there are very common usages of those exact same words, which are not in any way transphobic if you're not familiar with- But I didn't with, agree to that, uh, just for clarification. Me... I agreed in certain contexts that 
usage can be correct. In this context, it's different. But wouldn't the context be based on the history of the person and their usage of the word? So if they commonly use it in that context, then it would be pretty common for them to use it in that context? Right, but Dawkins is a skeptic. I'm pretty sure Dawkins is probably familiar with uh, the fact that you don't get to choose your beliefs. Uh, well, that most people- I agree, yeah, for sure. But that doesn't mean he's not going to colloquially use the word choose for beliefs because that probably will. He's like, I choose to be an atheist. I'm sure I can find clips of him saying that all the time. You think um, following a comparison of trans identities to a transracial identity, though, that using a specific term like choose to identify isn't highly suspect? I don't think it's suspect at all. Like when I read that, I never even didn't even cross my mind. It's just like simply the way he expressed the argument, because the argument seems to have nothing to do with whether or not you literally choose or whether or not you're biologically determined. It seems like a completely separate topic. Like you could be biologically, Dolezal is biologically determined to identify as black if she does, because we're all determined. So I don't see why that would be a difference. Right, but I don't think there's like, okay, so there's, I think a slight difference to point out that like Dolezal says she identifies as black. And if that's the case, that's fine. I'm not gonna dispute what's in her mind. There's not enough research though behind the existence of transracial identities to confirm that on the same way that we know that trans identities exist. So like, there's a false comparison there. And he's like, this is a comparison that is often used in popular media, especially by like anti-trans, like law, I don't know what the fuck you'd want to call it. Law, sorry, James, I don't know if I can say fuck on here. Uh, lobbyists or whatever you want to call it, anti-trans groups, TERFs, whatever. Sure. I mean, I'm happy to agree that uh, there probably isn't as much research on that side effect because there are definitely not nearly as many examples of it. Um, but I don't think that because the science is different or because Dawkins may not have the same level of evidence that that makes him transphobic because it seems like the argument he's making is a pretty legitimate point. Like maybe racial identities are real. And so maybe we should be taking Dolas all seriously. Um, and so what is what is the difference between these two seems to be the kind of the point here. Sure. And when the evidence comes out to suggest that transracial identities are valid, I will change my position and I will accept that transracial identities exist. But as of right now, that is not the case. And, uh, or, sorry, I had a brain stump. I don't know where I was going with. There was another thing you just said I was going to respond to and... Um, oh, wait, actually, yes. I, I, you were saying uh, you don't think that that makes Dawkins transphobic. The way you worded that makes me like curious because I, I've said this multiple times that even though I, I do think the pattern of behavior for Dawkins makes him a transphobe, again, like that's like saying like, to me, that's like saying, wow, you're an asshole. Like you've done like a rude calling or someone unkind a thing. transphobe is like calling someone an asshole? In a way that I'm about to describe that if you do a rude and unkind thing consistently to someone, I think they're probably justified in calling you an asshole. But I think if you call them an asshole and they go, oh, wow, was I being an asshole? I'm sorry, I didn't realize what I was doing was affecting you that way. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to make sure I'm more conscious of that next time uh, the same situation pops up. For most reasonable people, I think that would absolve that entire situation. I would say, no, maybe I still don't like trust you right off the bat, but like, I appreciate that you are at least able to acknowledge it happened and you're uh, aiming to change your behavior. That's exactly how I look at as transphobes. I mean, I know you said in your opening statement that you think uh, 
these criticisms of transphobia and racism and homophobia are trying to paint someone as evil. But in my experience in activist circles, that is never what people are trying to do. Are there some people who try to do that? I, I'm sure they're out there, but that is not what I try to do. And that's not what most of the prominent people that I interact with are trying to do. We're trying to call out a flaw in a particular action and to just ask for someone to make make amends for that. Like, if you didn't mean that, that's fine. I, I would accept that if Dawkins himself came forward and said, that's not what I meant, but he has not done so. Oh yeah, I'm, that's fair. It's only a small minority of people who actually vilify and harm others. The majority don't uh, absolutely agree there. So, but the point here is that it doesn't seem like he was being an asshole. Like even if his phrasing offended people, which I'm sure he had did not in any way attend, it seemed like he was just trying to make an argument like this. This is the argument. This is my genuine position on the issue. I'm not trying to be an asshole. This is what I believe. And I don't think he should apologize for that because he's just honestly representing his position and asking for debate on the topic, essentially, which is pretty much what the skeptic community does okay. about everything. Is that is that really a good excuse, though? Because if I, if I call someone ugly and they're like, hey, you're kind of being an asshole. And I'm like, that's just what I genuinely believe. That That's not an excuse. You can say what you genuinely believe in a way that doesn't make you an asshole or that doesn't make you a transphobe. If he genuinely wants to understand the, the differences between transracial and transgender identities, maybe that's a valid discussion to have. I'm open to having that discussion. But the way that he did it was using language that could be considered prejudice towards trans people, men choose to identify as women. Sure, in the case of like calling someone ugly, definitely it's a pretty obvious insult that we could just like, yeah, that's we should probably phrase that a different way. But in what Dawkins said, like, I didn't even, when I read it, I had no idea of this interpretation of the, the the word choose was the problem here. Like, it didn't even come to mind. Like, this doesn't seem like an issue at all. It just seems like common really? phrasing. Yes. Like, really? Like, I had no idea. I was like, what is the issue here? I couldn't figure it out. I had to, like, do some research. Like, oh, that's the problem they're taking. And most of the people on the uh, anti-woke side of the debate have the exact same issue. Like, we don't see language in the same way. And so we don't see that as in any way calling someone ugly. It's just a phrasing of the argument and nothing more. There's no extra connotations there. Like this is just the position. Okay. I mean, like I, I can accept that we potentially view language a different way, but I mean, I, I know when you initially reached out to me, Tom, you had said you saw me on the line. It's potentially you just saw the topic and you didn't like watch the video or something. That's fine. But I mean, in the video multiple times, Matt and I both stated that our position was not that Dawkins was this unsavable, terrible person who should be marked and branded, you know, with a big red A to be outcasted from the community for all of time. No, that's not what I want at all. I just want him to address the ways in which his words contribute to societal prejudice and to say, oops, didn't mean that, didn't realize that's, if again, if he said, I didn't realize that's how it was used, I'll take back what I said. I'll say, okay, he fixed it. I mean, like, I still don't like the comparison. I don't really like, I think there's a time and a place for those sort of discussions. And I don't think Dawkins necessarily has the qualifications to be discussing sociology in this way. He's a smart guy. I'm sure with a proper interlocutor, he could contribute to that discussion. But I mean, I think he's demonstrated time and time again that he doesn't know how to address this uh, topic. Oh, well, that's definitely fair. But I mean, I think that most people on the internet aren't qualified to talk about anything they're talking about, um, especially in our community, the debate community. But um, 
Maybe. I don't really think that's a fair comparison. I think that it, every human being is entitled to say, this is what I believe, and then talk with other human beings on a public forum about whether or not that's right or not. I think that restricting yourself because you're a public figure and trying to not portray your ideas in public because lots of people may share them is exactly the opposite approach. I think that if you are a big public figure and a lot of people are probably going to share your views, that's the best place to have the conversation because that's where most people's minds are likely to be changed one way or the other. Um, but to go back to your point, like yes, I actually found this argument, the choose part from watching your conversation with Matt Dillahunty, because I had no idea until I watched your channel that that was the main argument. Um, it made no sense to me whatsoever. So yes, uh, this interpreting that language, I would be interested to know what Dawkins would say if presented with uh, your contention specifically and how he would respond to that, because I tend to think he'd probably just say the same thing I did. Like, I had no idea that was the problem. That was just... This is why I was phrasing the argument. I mean, that's that's great and all, but I mean, I, until he states that, I'm going to continue to hold my position. I mean, I, I can't read his mind, so I'm going to go on the words he says. And the fact that he followed that up a couple weeks later by reposting a article that's researched, sorry, this is like three degrees removed, an article that cited an article, an academic journal, uh, that was like a retracted debunked study is the, it's just really disappointing. I think from a science communicator, like, I mean, I realize this isn't his field and so I don't expect him to be perfect on this all the time. And that's like why I was saying it'd be nice if he would actually talk about these things with like qualified people, uh, especially just cause he has the resources to talk to the qualified people in the field. Uh, it's just really disappointing to see him not being skeptical about this topic and just going, hmm, yeah, that sounds, I mean, I mean, I guess that's probably reading his mind to some degree too, but just kind of reposting things with no degree of skepticism about the information he's conveying is uh, disappointing. And again, I think contributes to the societal prejudice. I haven't gone through all of Dawkins' tweets, so I can't really comment on that, but it does seem like he does have many friends in the anti-SJW community, like Peter Bogosian, and has talked about similar issues quite a bit. And it seems like that's kind of the argument that he seems to be the most compelling from his conversations and friends in the community. Uh, so he's presenting it to be challenged. That's kind of seems like the point. Well, like he doesn't actually respond to any of the, if, I mean, I, I also get that. Like, I know some people have claimed that maybe Dawkins doesn't really understand how Twitter works. I don't want to be like, ageist or whatever but like he's an older dude maybe he doesn't really get what he's doing when he says discuss on twitter but like the implication that i think most people get from him making a bold fucking claim and then saying discuss is that he's going to respond to counter arguments subsequent in the tweets but he never does that he multi he'll, like well weeks later post another thing in the same lane without clearly having like confronted any of the counter arguments of his point at all. In That's Twitter, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't think he's probably gonna spend much time on Twitter, but I do foresee him actually writing articles on this in the future. And I think he probably is talking with a lot of people about this behind closed doors, which is normally how he does his conversations anyway. So I agree, yeah, he's not responding on Twitter and neither would I when you're getting a million retweets that all say you're transphobic. But I think he probably is actually talking to people about the issue and looking more into it based off of this. I think that's concerning, though, the fact that, uh, I mean, amongst like Peter Bogosian and Sam Harris and I don't know what Michael Sherlock or 
Sherlock or Shermock or whatever his name is. Shermer. Shermer, there you go. Uh, they all do the same thing where when somebody calls them a transphobe or say that something is transphobic, they interpret this as a, a, a branding, a thing you can't come back from, a characterization of someone's character that can't be changed or understood or developed with new information. When again, I think as you admitted earlier, most people when they're saying someone is transphobic or something is transphobic are not characterizing the totality of someone's character that way. Oh, well, sure. But I think that most character attacks aren't usually attacking the entire character of a person. Even calling someone like a white supremacist doesn't mean that they don't help grannies across the street who have groceries or whatever. But I think the bigger concern here is that when you attack someone's character in that way, it has real consequences or can have real consequences to their life. They can get fired. They can get deplatformed. They can get their rewards removed. Oh, please. Is Dawkins suffering from this at all? He lost an award he got in the 90s. Like they have a vested interest in making sure that the people who have those awards represent their values accurately. And if Dawkins is not representing those values, yeah, they took his award away. Dawkins could literally sit down with any scientist across the world that he wanted to right now. Anyone he contacted would be fucking giddy to sit down with Richard Dawkins and talk about science. I, I don't think he suffered at all from this. Absolutely, everyone you're totally cries, right. Everyone cries, boo-hoo, he's marked as a pariah. He's He's been shunned from the atheist community. Like, what? That's absolute bullshit. So what I does Joe Schmo do? Some- what, is, what does Joe Schmo from down the street do when he's labeled a transphobe and fired? Can he go do that? How, if that's happening, I would say that's wrong. If yeah, someone's getting fired from their job, I mean, under with the exception that if someone is making the workplace toxic for a trans coworker by intentionally misgendering them or something along those lines, then at that point, I don't give a fuck if they're fired. But if they put on Twitter a take like this and they got fired, sure, I would I would say that's wrong. Yeah, and that's really the bigger concern here. That's the reason Dawkins is making this tweet is because those happen. There are people who Where? are. Do you actually have Google, evidence of that? Yes, transphobe fired. There's lots of evidence of it. Sure, I would love. To, I would love to see more evidence of that. So, so I mean, that's the bigger concern here is that people are being attacked for not agreeing and for disagreeing and phrasing things in not quite the right way and having real consequences to them. And there's not really much they can do about it if they're not in Dawkins situation where he, he's a millionaire. Right, but again, the issue isn't like if people are being attacked for it, like it's as simple as being like, as, as if you were being an asshole to someone being like, oops, sorry, I didn't realize that. That's not what my intentions were. I guarantee you, if people had the dignity to admit they were wrong, a vast majority of these situations would be absolved so much faster, but that's never what happens online. People, as I said earlier, double and triple and quadruple down on their points. I, mean, I definitely wish that was the case, but there's many cases where people do apologize and it only gets worse for them. They don't get freed of the, the, the guilt or whatever. They're just condemned more. And that also happens a lot. Um, so even though the bigger problem here is I think that you shouldn't have to apologize for just expressing what you, your position is. If someone else considers it to be offensive and you didn't mean it to be offensive, you should still be able to say, this is still what my position is. Could you like address what I'm saying? Uh, I don't, if you want me to try and rephrase it in a better way, tell me how to rephrase it. But this is still what I want to talk about because this is what's important to me. And why can't that be followed with an apology? Sure. It can be. Didn't Dawkins include, I'm sorry, somewhere. 
I apologize nope. for nope. He said, I I he said, I deplore like conservatives or whatever using this in a bad way. That's not what I wanted to happen. He did not apologize. I'll definitely check that for sure. But you could include apology if you want to, but I still think you are should not be obligated to apologize for just expressing your opinion with no ill will and no intentional disregard for anyone. If you're just saying this is honestly what I believe and phrased in the most honest way I can phrase it, that you shouldn't have to apologize. Oh, I think you're so ugly. Honest. I'm not going to apologize. Like, I think it's the same fucking thing. Like, I I agree. If you want to talk about something, you can find a way to talk about it. But like, if you're, and granted, are there people who are going to like irrationally find issues in every minor thing you do? Absolutely. Of course. Like, you're not going to have to do that in every case. But I think when you're not replying to any of the criticisms at all, that's when it becomes a problem. He could very easily just say, Again, oops, sorry, didn't mean for it to come across that way. This is what I want to talk about, though. And everyone could move on. But he doesn't do that. You have to, you have to wonder why. why. Why doesn't he do that? Why does he value his pride or his ego or his point over just making an honest apology? I mean, I think that's kind of some weak, like, ego shit to, like, not be able to just say, oh, I'm sorry, and move on with the point. Probably because he doesn't feel sorry because he doesn't realize he's done anything wrong. That would be my guess. Well, that's possible. But I mean, I don't know how he's going to realize he's done anything wrong if he doesn't actually respond to any of the criticisms ever. Well, you've noticed he has posted a few responses, which is significantly more than he usually does. And so he probably is actually looking more into this than 99% of any of his other tweets that he's ever made. So I'm guessing he probably is. I would love to see it. Did you have any, any questions, any points you wanted to talk about? Uh, nope. I think I made my main point that transphobia is not saying someone's evil, that if he, if you, like, I'm just addressing the words that he actually said, not the words that he possibly could have meant. Uh, and that, um, I also, I mean, I guess there was something you said earlier that it might be worth talking about. You said something about like trans people lie sometimes and claim we were born a different sex. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I, I have seen that on Twitter from time to time, but most trans people aren't claiming to like be born XX when they're born XY or anything like that. They might be criticizing the like common use of biological sex as like a concept and how it's often like weaponized and like acknowledging the fact that a bimodal distribution would be a more accurate description of what sex is than a binary, excuse me. Uh, Yeah, I would love an an elaboration on that point. Yeah, for sure. So I totally agree. Most people don't. But the point of that was that simply the fact that Dolezal was lying doesn't invalidate her identity. So many, I've heard in many of the debates, like Richard Richard Carrier's post, stating that, well, because she's a liar, that invalidates her claim. And I think that's false. Like there are trans people who are lying, but that doesn't invalidate their identity of being trans or being women or whatever. The fact that she has a bad character or whatever doesn't invalidate her claim to identity. And so it's not a counter argument to say that Dawkins made a mistake here. Wait, that doesn't address my point. How are trans people lying? By saying they were biologically born something they were not biologically born as. Okay, so this very niche sliver of okay sure i guess yeah, yeah, the, the point is just to say that any individual person who lies doesn't mean that 
their lie invalidates their identity. You can still be genuinely correct about your identity, even if you lie about other things. That was the sure. Fallacious so not, reasoning doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong. A broken clock can be right twice a day. I get it. Right. So I wasn't making a claim that like most or many trans people do this. It was that was not in any way uh, anything I was trying to imply. All right. I appreciate the clarification. Uh. <laughs> there are no other issues. We can go into the Q and A. Sure. Sounds good to me. Yeah. We'll do that then. Want to remind you folks, a couple of things. We are thrilled to let you know our guests are linked in the description. And so if you want to hear more, you certainly can hear more. And that includes if you're listening via Modern Day Debate podcast. We're pumped, folks, that Modern Day Debate is available via podcast. So, hey, if you haven't already, pull out your phone and find us. And if you're listening to this debate via podcast, you can find our guests linked in that description box as well. So thanks very much for your first question coming in from Pax Americana. Thank you for your super sticker, I should say, as well as Zylot. Thanks for your kind words. Said, love this channel, sending my support. Appreciate it, Zylot. And Sunflower says, Arden, trans people existed before the wealth of evidence for trans identities. So why dismiss the possibility of legitimate racial dysphoria? I don't dismiss the possibility when sufficient evidence exists to confirm the existence of transracial identities, I will change my position. As of right now, no such evidence exists. Gotcha, and thank you very much, Sunflower, for your second question. Said Arden, would you have been as skeptical and incredulous of transgender people if there was no scientific evidence of it as a valid identity? That's complicated, being trans. I mean, assuming that I felt trans, that definitely complicates things, but if I were cis and there was no evidence, all else being equal, yeah, I would be skeptical. You got it, and thanks very much for your question. Logical, plausible, probable, shameless plug, but it's a super chat, so I have to read it. So he says, epic double after show. He's having both an after show and calling out Professor Dave Explains. You won't want to miss that. So that sounds juicy. And Chris Gammon says, when Dawkins mentioned people who they literally are, it sounds like he is referencing a genetic identity. What do you two think about that? Yeah, I oh. think that's a fair interpretation. So what he's saying is that when Dawkins says, if you don't acknowledge what they literally are, or what they literally identify as, uh, the question is, is implying that Dawkins meant that they are literally biologically this thing they identify as. And it's not just a choice. That's, that's the point of the comment i think that's a very terrible interpretation that i disagree with but sure i mean if you want to inject meaning into his words that's cool gotcha and thank you very much for this question this one coming in from bubblegum gun says who the heck is dawkins i think they're being facetious but this next question <laughs> dawkins, coming in, look him up on discord yeah that's who we're talking about right Tom's father, by the way. A lot of people didn't know that. And Hella Baluba says, would T-Jump think the same about Dawkins' tweet if he had suggested that gay people, quote-unquote, choose to identify as gay rather than trans people, quote-unquote, choosing to identify as trans? Yeah, I think the colloquial term he used there would apply to any kind of choose. Like, I choose to be an atheist. I choose to be a theist. I think that just 
is just a common way to use the word in context. I don't think you don't anything. think that that harkens to like a really like shitty religious trope of like, oh, like you're choosing to engage in your sin or some bullshit like that. No, I just think it's a common word to describe ideologies. Ideologies. Interesting use of term. Gotcha. And this one, fresh in from Sigifredo's Arabia. It's been a while, Sigifredo. We hope you're well. Says, I don't understand this topic. T-Jump, can't you agree there is a difference between male and female gender? Sure. And then they say, if Arden, you and T-Jump agree that gender is subjective, how then is Dawkins wrong? What? Gender is subjective? I, I don't know if that question is i don't know if this will help but they say at the very end they say to you both in biology so i don't sometimes you confuse me i don't know what this is asking tom the debate isn't about whether dawkins is right or wrong the debate is whether he's transphobic or not transphobic so he is wrong but yeah sure Gotcha. And CJ asks, if no one is looking into the issue of racial dysphoria, how do you think we would get evidence for it? I don't know who that's for. Either of you want to answer. Uh, The argument is that, like, if we imagine before we had evidence of trans identities being real, the sufficient evidence we have, uh, wouldn't it be reasonable to give Dole's all the benefit of the doubt because we have just started looking into racial trans identity or racial identity in the same way recently but it's possible sure i mean if a sufficient enough population existed that was requesting to be seen and treated as another race and if evidence found that giving them treatments to make them look and like act and integrate into society in a way that other people perceived them as that race or maybe not even necessarily, it doesn't have to go that far, but that's just like a criteria that could help. Um, And they got like some statistically significant data that said like, this improves their quality of life. Uh, I think it would probably be worth looking into efforts to destigmatize transracial identities and to give them whatever access to healthcare that they need to live authentically. You got it. And DC Blunt, thanks for your super sticker. Do appreciate the support. And that is actually all we have for questions. This has been the shortest debate on record for Modern Day Debate. Want to let you know, folks, I'm going to be back in just a moment with a post-credit scene to let you know about epic upcoming debates that we have. This month is going to knock your socks off. You won't even believe it. But, yes, we are very excited. One example being in the next month, As you see on screen, bottom right of your screen, folks, we are thrilled to welcome Matt Dillahunty back as he will be debating Christian scholar Dr. Kenny Rhodes on whether or not there is strong evidence for God. That's going to be epic. And so if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button and that notification bell so you don't miss that epic debate coming up on June 5th. And so, as mentioned, I'll be back with a post-credit scene in just a moment, folks, but want to say a huge thank you to our guests, Tom and Arden. It's been a true pleasure to have you on with us. Yeah, thanks. Are, are we allowed to plug anything before we go? Is that You got it. And I also want to remind folks, since you mentioned that, I'll give you a chance in a moment. Our guests are linked in the description, folks. And go ahead, Arden. 
Yeah, I wanted to plug, uh, if anyone wants to debate anything that we talked about tonight, I host a call-in show called the Transatlantic Call-In Show over on the line Saturday nights at 5 p.m. Central. So if you want to debate me about anything we talked about here or anything else related to trans rights, you can feel free to call in. Also, I'm doing a charity stream over on my Twitch uh, tonight at 12 uh, a.m. Central. So, yeah. You got it. And we have one question that came in from Hella Baluba says, for Tom, even if he made the comment in ignorance, wouldn't the reasonable course of action be to simply apologize for causing offense, even if unintentionally, and to offer to learn? Uh, no, because anything could subjectively offend anyone. Like uh, Charlie Hebdo definitely offended some people. Should he apologize? No. Um, the fact that you make a claim that is honest to yourself and just how you understand the words to work, you shouldn't have to apologize for that unless there was actually like some significant mistake there. The fact that which there was, but he doesn't know it, and neither do I. I don't. I don't see it either. I don't really don't see the issue. So I don't. I don't think he should have to apologize because it's just he's just using English, normal English. Dachin Thought Sponge has a question. Said, "Who is to say that?" I think they're saying that she, in this case, refers to Rachel Dalziel. Let me know if I pronounced it wrong. Dalziel. Thank you. Wasn't so. Who's to say that Rachel wasn't born black? If black, like gender, is a social construct. I think there's a variety of things that support the evidence of transgender people, and the issue is that. Well, it's possible, again, it's possible that Rachel Dolezal really is transracial and really is Black, but so far, we don't have any evidence to confirm the existence of an identity like that. You got it. And Jeff Cordell, Cordell, thank you very much for your super, if you meant to put a question in that super chat, let me know, and I will read it. Just throw it in the normal chat, and I can read it. But in addition, Whizbang says, choosing to be gay is definitely very loaded choosing to be trans i feel is the same so more of a question than a comment I agree. and let's see we have a question from reservoir of gore says let's see yes it's true the debate was short tonight and so i think that is it we've caught up on them and so as mentioned folks i'll be back with a post-credit scene in just a moment but huge thank you to our guest tom and arden it has been a true pleasure Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.